0: Welcome in everyone, this is Catfish on Ice, 150th episode guys, how um, sure.
1: you make it Unbelievable,
0: it's crazy. These, epi- these episodes just flying by like crazy, but guess what we've got, um, I guess the NHL calls it opening night, I could have swore there were a couple games over the, uh, over the weekend, overseas, like the global series is I think what they called it, but yeah. Um,
1: I guess tonight's opening night, guys. I don't know. It's it's not. It was the other day. It was in Prague. That was opening night. they it's just not what they're
0: talking it's about. It's so
1: weird. It's so weird, guys, because it's like I feel
0: like the NHL didn't even market their own global event very well. Yeah, like,
2: it, so w- it
1: I agree. It, it was, was a really- very under the radar
2: event that should have been huge.
1: Yeah, absolutely, it's insane. Lindsay says, oh, Lindsay. friends, Preds are 2-0, and oh, yes. Best team sitting in the at, league. Sitting atop <laughs> the Central. We're in first place, West. guys. We're in first place. possession
0: of first place in the Central Division is your Nashville Predators. Amazing. Granted that no one else in the division has played a game yet, but we don't care. We're in first place. That's okay. It's not fair, but we're still in first
1: place. It's all good. So we're we're watching the end of this Rangers game right now. It's been a pretty exciting game. It has it, been. I mean, lots I mean, of. Uh, it's like who's going to flinch first, and it looks like Tampa. I'll give flinch. the
0: uh, I'll give the schedule makers a lot of credit for uh, making their first game of ESPN Plus and you know nationally televised all that. Yep. Um, I'll give ESPN and a lot of credit for getting that game because a rematch of the Eastern Conference Finals rangers lightning give me all of
1: that please inject that into my veins yes good stuff let's be honest probably the most exciting series last year out of all of. oh absolutely and uh i think i was talking to kyle a little bit before we
0: went live about that uh savannah jad goal uh that was filthy Oh, my gosh, man. I mean, that's when you use that terminology in hockey of dirty goal or a nasty goal or a filthy goal, those are the types of goals we usually talk about. He looked like he was gliding. It didn't even look like he was skating on actual ice. Please go look up this goal if you haven't seen it already. I'm sure you probably have by now, especially if you're listening to the podcast the following day. But this goal, shorthanded, skates in, takes a pretty good pass from – who did he take the pass from? Either way, it's not important because it was shorthanded. And he glides in there. Vasilevsky tries to poke check it away, which is what he's known for. And uh, Zabanajaz says, you know what, I'm just going to put it top shelf. Even Vasilevsky looks behind him like, did that really
1: go in? Yes, it did. (laughs) It absolutely did. And I will give credit where credit is due. The the Steven Stamkos one timer on the power play that was a that was a heater. I, I will give him. Well, credit
0: for okay. That. So first of all, I know Rich that you cannot stand the Tampa Bay Lightning. I cannot. They are your most hated team by far. I don't have. I, I find a lot of their players very likable. We have one of them now, former players in Ryan McDonough. Um, we'll give him a but, pass. Yeah, but. <laughs> Steven Stamkos is. I find him so likable. Like he's just a very ah. Uh, uh, come on,
1: Rich. I'm going to talk no, into I it. He's a I good was. Guy. I, I'm going to tell you. I was aggravated ten minutes into the game. Victor Hedman pushed that kid's head oh, yeah. down and no, hurt was, him. He was, played like ten for. minutes. Yeah, that was uncalled for. I agree with so you. I was, I was annoyed. All right, we're going to talk. No, we're no.
0: going to continue to talk about this game, Kyle. What are you thinking about the Rangers Lightning game before we get
2: into episode 150 here? Hey, I told y'all my pick for the Eastern Conference this
1: year. You so did. or no, I didn't. My pick Toronto. But I yeah. picked Carolina, which a lot I of picked.
0: people a lot of analysts out there, including the great Elliot Friedman, seem
1: to agree oh, yeah, with well.
0: me. You know, I'm really sick of Elliot Friedman stealing all my tapes. <laughs> like you should
1: send him a cease and desist.
0: Seriously, like we did an episode like six weeks ago, five weeks ago, doing our predictions, and I picked Hurricanes. Over avalanche, uh, yeah. and now all of a sudden, Elliot Friedman wants to swoop in and steal my thunder. I'm like, swoop Come in. on, dude,
1: I don't get it. Come up I... with some original content, <laughs> bro.
0: Anytime Elliot
1: Friedman agrees with
0: one of my takes, though, I, I'm gonna jump up and down because he's for the joke. Sure. All right, um, let's right. tell everyone what we're getting into here. Episode 150 Catfish on Ice. So happy to have my guys back with me here tonight for an awesome episode. We're going to do a global series recap as the Predators do sweep both games, which on paper, we should have expected that. But um, we know that hockey never goes according to script. And both of those games had some very um, uncertain moments in them, especially Mm -hmm. the second game, those final two plus minutes with when San Jose pulled their empty net. And uh, it felt like the longest two minutes of my life. For sure. I was just waiting for the Sharks to push a goal past Lankinen and Lankinen just came up, um, not to give away my clutch performers, but Kevin Lankinen came up clutch there. He did. Uh, so we're going to talk about the Global Series sweep. We got to preview the Dallas Stars. We get to play them twice now. Yeah. So you're, you're playing the two same two teams in your first four games. We play the Dallas Stars on Thursday and Saturday, Bridgestone Arena on Thursday. Let's preview those pesky Dallas Stars. Let's talk about Dallas.
1: them.
0: A lot to get into with that team. They are a team that I just can't put a peg on. And a lot of people feel the same way. Um, this big news is swooping around. All of us are going to have some strong opinions on this. Oh, Phil man. Tomasino is going to start the season with the Milwaukee Admirals, what does that mean for the Nashville Predators moving forward? What does it mean for his development? We got to get into that. It's a very, very complex issue. <coughs> Can't wait to get into it with Kyle and Rich there on that. Let's. We're going to do our Clutch Performers of the Week. All three of us have our Clutch Performers of the Week. We want you yep. to tell us your Clutch Performers of the Week from the Nashville Predators. Share it below. Comment on YouTube. Comment on Twitter. Tell us. And then we'll do some NHL quick hitters to wrap up tonight's episode. Episode 150, guys. It's crazy.
1: 150. crazy.
0: Have we not been fired yet? I don't know. Even though we'd have to fire ourselves, but still how, have. Yeah. Been
1: fired. yeah.
0: How how have people not figured us out? I don't know, man, but we're going to keep <laughs> squirming our way through. Um, first of all, some NFL stuff. Did you guys see that Tom Brady hit, by the way? Uh-oh. Because I know Uh-oh. a lot of our uh, hockey – He got hit? Uh, hey yeah. – I know we every now and then we dabble in football because we do run concurrently with football season and we are in the South and our listeners most likely love their football as well. I'm sorry. When I saw that Tom Brady um, personal foul where the guy, all he did was literally – he couldn't have tackled him any more softly other than two-hand touch. And they threw what was literally a game-changing flag Yep. And I get that we're trying to protect the players. We're trying to protect their heads. That is obviously so important. And I'm not against that. The, the, the thing with uh, Tua Tunga-Vailoa, oh, yeah. the Miami Dolphins, that made me sick and that made my blood boil. But we're talking about two completely different things here. Yeah, And you would think that the NFL, the, the world's most profitable league or whatever, would be able to discern between t- those two different types of situations. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think about that? Did you guys see it? I know, Rich, you're not a big football guy, but
1: I didn't see it, but I did. I did hear about it, and I did see that there was a similar call at uh, the Chiefs Raiders game that people were pretty yeah. uptight about as well. So, um, yeah, lots of uh, fireworks in the NFL this weekend. <clears throat> I'm just assuming you're not allowed to tackle
2: Tom Brady. Uh, I guess not. Well,
1: yeah, he's, or any quarterback, uh, for
2: that matter. Well, I feel like
0: they – here's what makes me mad. They definitely give preferential treatment yeah. to certain quarterbacks, and that does make me mad. But it, let's be honest, guys, it happens in the NHL as well.
2: Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm a Bears fan. I watched Jay Cutler get folded for mm-hmm. years behind that Swiss cheese O-line we put in front of him. Mm-hmm. That. <laughs> my God. And it's just –
0: get- I don't think it happens. It happens in the NBA, we know. That's why I can't even watch the NBA anymore. But um, definitely, it happens in hockey too, though. You see this superstar Mm -hmm. treatment. Sidney Crosby gets it. That's why so many people – gets it. Um, That's why so many people know – they realize greatness when it comes to Sidney Crosby, but that dude right there gets all the calls. Um, So – If I'm if I'm running the NHL right now, I want to get as far away from that as possible. Don't treat your superstars any different than your fourth liners. Call it evenly. I hate these makeup calls that I know happens. It just annoys me. It it, it annoys everyone. So um,
1: I think the NFL is probably just being like super cautious, but they're taking it too far. those are I did I, I didn't see the Tom Brady, but it doesn't surprise me. But the other one, I did see the the Chiefs yeah, Raiders yeah. hit or supposed it, hit. And it that was definitely if, and, if and that's probably the passer, you can't ever tackle him.
0: And I applaud the NFL for taking this seriously, finally, when it comes to CTE, when it comes to head injuries. Of course, you need to take that yes. very seriously. But how has it not been decided on some of these hits?
1: Right. Um you know. Nikki, hello Nikki said Brady definitely complained about it and the refs treated him like a squeaky wheel. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, I so
0: mean, this is this is the most we're probably going to talk about the NFL ever in a catfish maybe. and ice episode, but it's episode 150, so why not? And I do think yeah. it does correlate with all of sports because we do see it in hockey to a certain extent sometimes. Hockey is such a violent sport. These guys are skating so fast out there. We see brutal hits constantly every game you watch, right? And these guys mm-hmm. are the ultimate warriors out there. But sometimes you see these very scary boarding penalties where guys take it too far and those boards don't have any give to them. I can promise you that. And, and, and that's when it really gets scary and that's the things you got to get out of the game. When you see stuff like that, it takes it, it you off but we also yeah. got to stay away from this superstar treatment that all these sports are guilty of.
1: Yeah. We saw some mm-hmm. superstar treatment last year like you mentioned Sidney Crosby and then Malkin didn't he got a little slap yeah. on the wrist for basically cracking Mark Borvieski in the face with oh, a yeah. stick. Barely mm-hmm. nothing. Yeah, it's just yeah, there are the there are the superstars that get the the, the treatment which mm-hmm. is just not
0: fair. Let's but. let's get let's get the global series recap started here to open up episode 150. Thank you everyone for joining us tonight. Follow us on Twitter at catfish ice catfish ice. Hit the subscribe button right now if you're watching on YouTube live or watching later. The subscribes really help us out a ton. Comment on the stream, Please. of course, share it with your friends. The more people that get in on the conversation each episode, the more fun it is <laughs> for everyone. We love having all of our listeners get in. It's so much fun. All right, so the Global Series recap. Um, Preds win both games. The second game, I felt like the first game, despite the final score, Mm -hmm. was very much hanging in the balance. Uh, You know, the Predators scored that really quick goal from Kiefer Sherwood. Um, But then the Sharks pushed back, and we saw those same issues we're worried about, guys. Mm -hmm. Penalties. Penalties, penalties, penalties. Uh, Let's go to Rich. We'll go to Kyle. Overall impressions from the press. Should we be impressed from the sweep?
1: (sighs) Yes and no, I guess is what I would say. You can't Um, say both. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. can. All right. If you can put who you put for your third uh, clutch performer, I can say both. Well, we're not going to tell anyone who my third is. we are not going to tell anybody Anyway. I think yeah, I think the the yes side is because they did. Sh- we saw some good things. Uh, I think Nino Niederreiter is like going to be a very special player for the Predators. He's already shown it. Hopefully, he can keep that up. We saw a few other things, but then on the no side, like you said, we saw some of the the penalties, some of the the bad things creep back in. Um, I know that was like not technical. Well, the first regular game. I saw lots of passing that didn't look very crisp, just working out the kinks. But, I mean, overall, it's good. But you are playing the San Jose Sharks. So, I don't know. I don't know. Um, encouraging. They're 2-0. and So, that's a good start. So, any win's a good win. So Definitely. What about? Like,
2: like what Rich said, uh, it was against the Sharks. So, you don't know whether to – I take it as
1: mm-hmm.
2: the, they were one of the worst teams in the Western conference last year. They should be coming up a little bit, but really how many names on that roster did you know, other than people that played for Nashville before? <laughs> um Couture is a good one. Logan Couture is, is good. One. He's, yeah. he's definitely good. And then, uh,
1: Eric um, Carlson call, is way an amazing Carlson's player.
2: he's he's way
0: washed up and over the hill, but he's still good. But no, you know Carlson
1: almost got his clock clean by a young man. But I
0: gotta tell you, Tomas <laughs> Hurdle was a menace. Yes.
1: He, For sure. He,
0: he came out spitting fire right when the puck dropped. And I can respect that. <laughs> mm-hmm, he scored yeah. the power play goal in the first game. He was put him on. I, I think he's the player that they're trying to figure out if they can re-sign him after the offseason or after this season. He's like the Sharks because he's kind of their cor- – he's their franchise cornerstone. So, you put him on a better team, he's a superstar. Yeah.
2: Yep. I would agree with that.
0: Yeah. Uh, th-
1: did you did you all see on Twitter real fast before we go – we were talking about penalties. Did you see like the first penalties were committed by Luke Cunning? Uh, Nick Benino and Matt Benning, <laughs> all former Predators. <laughs> and that, somebody on Twitter was like, "Yep, so far all Predators have <laughs> committed all of the penalties." <laughs>
2: <laughs> I got a kick out of it when they called uh, Cunning for interference. It's like where have we heard this before?
0: <laughs> yeah, right. And I'm sorry, everyone. I just misspoke. It's actually their other really elite growing player, Timo Meyer. That's going that they got to figure oh, out how huh. to resign.
2: Meyer is going to be a good player. They've they, got a, they've got a lot going for them. It, Give them a t- few years. Thomas
0: Hurdle is actually signed. Sorry for not being an expert at the San Jose Sharks. Um <laughs> how dare Thomas you? Thomas Hurdles actually signed through 2029-30 20, guys. He's got a no no move clause. Uh wow. so he he literally is their franchise cornerstone. He's signed wow. for over 8 million um AAV. So and he earned hey, he's he's Yeah. He's at that value. I'm not saying it's a bad contract necessarily, but He's their cornerstone, and he did show it. He did show it. He he was, but he needs help. I mean, that team is has no depth whatsoever. Of course, in the second game, Luke Cunning gets the Sharks on the board. He did to start the game, and I like Luke Cunning. I yeah. I don't want to ever misinterpret from anyone that I don't like Luke Cunning. I think he's a bad dude. I just don't think he was the right fit for the Predators. I thought it was a great off-season move that we moved on mm-hmm. from him and actually got something in return for him. Mm-hmm. And he now he's playing top-line minutes for the San Jose Sharks. Good for him. Happy for him. And he scores Good. a goal. So um, he was playing big minutes
1: for them. Good for him, but, man, that tells you about the direction of the Sharks, right? I mean, if you've got – you they Can are definitely – I line? would say
0: they are a tick or two better than the Coyotes or the Blackhawks. They are a little better than oh, those God. teams, I, I but they're they're still a rebuilding team. They're not a team that's expected to do anything. Yeah. Um, Reimer in, in the first game was very, very good.
2: Yes, he was. Mm-hmm. Him and
0: Saros went toe-to-toe. The <clears> second <throat> game, uh, Kakanen was not so good. He actually mm-hmm. gave up some pretty soft goals. If you look at his analytics, he was a negative goals saved above expected, whereas Lankanen was way positive there in the goals saved above mm-hmm. expected. So Lankanen wins the one-on-one battle with K- with uh, in the battle of the backups in the second game, which I thought was a big storyline for the second game.
1: Yeah, I did too. Um man, I got I, I like Kevin Lincoln, it man. I don't know. I think I mean, he's a hard game. guy
2: to knock like. I think
1: it's I think it's gonna turn out to work out this year. So
2: you uh, see dude, him, and he's got the big smile on his face all the time, and he's yeah. he's finished, so he's naturally nice. And, right.
1: Yeah, and he's not and we are, he, he and got out of Chicago, so we're he's talking probably talking about really a guy this, we're happening. talking about a guy who's still so young
0: in his NHL journey. Yes, third season in the NHL, right? <laughs> yeah, and I mean, he's on a one-year prove-it deal here, 1.5 million. The Preds went out and got him. Mm-hmm. This dude has to be so hungry right now, not only mm-hmm. to win for his team, obviously, but he's playing for himself here. He yeah. is playing to get that next starter deal next off-season yep. because, and, and I mean, I don't know. I can't look into the future, but maybe that maybe if he has a great year, the Predators hold on to him. But if he has a great year. He's going to want more money. Do the Preds resign him as a backup? No. So now that Connor Ingram, which we're going to talk about later, has is no longer with the organization, he was claimed by the Arizona Coyotes. So now, just crystal ball looking way into this time next year, what are the Predators doing at backup? If Kevin Lincoln has a really really good year, that's hard to to say right now.
1: Yeah, it sure is. I mean, because we know who. You know, uh, as- Askarov's got going to have one year. Is he gonna, AHL, are we really going to call up Askar-
0: Are we really going to call up Askarov after just one year uh, in Milwaukee? What do you think, Kyle?
2: That's what I'm getting at. Uh, that is a, that's a hard sell. That's a tough road to hoe, as the old timers would say. Um, mm-hmm. It depends on how much load he gets in Milwaukee this year. Uh, if he's starting fifty plus games, then yeah, he might be ready to be backup for mm-hmm. sorrows. But if he's still being eased into things and he's not taking over that job in Milwaukee, then he needs to stay down another year. It's that is that's one of those that you gotta wait until the cake rises to yep. see what you've got.
1: For sure. I I really don't see a situation where. He's going to be Saros's backup after one year in the AHL. So, I just so, don't but, think it's going to happen. But now that Connor Ingram's not in the picture, you know, yeah, I know. It's weird. Kevin Lincoln it's is weird. on a one year
0: deal. If he has a great year, he's going to want to go somewhere else. And you're not going to pay him. Are you really going to pay a backup goaltender more than one and a half million?
1: There's no need
0: to. No. So the Predators are going to once again find themselves in the same situation next offseason, scrambling to find a Mm one-year rental for a backup. I don't really like being in that carousel each year, but we'll worry about that when the time comes. Right now it looks like the Predators do have a really good one-two punch at goaltender, and perhaps UC Saros does um, have a good relief to where he, he won't have to start so many games. We'll see but that's definitely a big uh, takeaway from the global series. Um, let's let's talk let, let's get back into um Kiefer Sherwood here. He scores the first goal. Kyle, I know that you've been beating the drum on Kiefer Sherwood for a while. What did you see from him? What what was so impressive for you from him?
2: The, the biggest thing I've seen on Sherwood is his motor. He is if he's on the ice, there you're hearing his name. Because he's going to be up in the net front, up in somebody's face. He's just always going after the puck. It's just constant. He, he's a very aggressive player. And I tend to gravitate towards those type of guys. We like And that. that's identity, boys, identity. Identity, <laughs> brought it up, is. not me. There it um, is. The I word. Uh, yep. <laughs> yeah. And – I I love the fact that on the uh, Behind the Glass series, uh, John Hines is using identity in team meetings. Uh, So it's not just for the media and us. It's for the team too. So Yeah, for sure. I I just think he plays to that identity so well that Hines is wanting, and I think that's why he ended up getting that shot. And I respect John Hines.
0: I really do respect John Hines for rewarding players that might not – fit the narrative. Maybe mm-hmm. it doesn't fit the cookie cutter, what everyone expects him to do, you know? Uh, and he's making a coaching decision because guess what? He is the head coach. That's what he's paid to do. And he is making the really difficult decisions. Whereas we're all sitting here chirping on the sidelines telling him what to do. But uh, yeah, <laughs> looking absolutely. at, looking at Keith for Sherwood's career, he's been in, he broke into the league in 2018, 19 with the Anaheim Ducks Played 50 games in his first season, only put up 12 points. And since then, he's just been a spot player, just randomly mm-hmm. getting games here and there, 10 games the next season, 16 games with Colorado, 11 games last season with Colorado. He hasn't really stuck yet on the NHL level. But a very under-the-radar off-season pickup by the National Predators. Absolutely. No one was talking about it.
1: Mm-mm. You
0: know, because the predators, you know, every team does this over the offseason. They they pick up these minimum cheap cheap deals and to, to build training camp competition, if anything. And then they might have to they might end up cutting that player. Yeah. Or they might end up sending that player down to the AHL. But you're hoping that one of these uh, minimal contract players completely show out in training camp and surprise you. And there you and that's, go. That's literally what key for sure has been for
1: John Hines. Yep. yep, fighting, fighting for a spot, and he he took a spot. So <laughs> I would say so. Um, good on him, I guess. You know, that's awesome. For for sure. Absolutely, it's it was a good. It was a good one of those good dirty goals right in front of the net too. So that was, mm-hmm. that was that's the stuff that you know predator you love to see that kind of stuff as a predators fan.
0: And then, of course, Nino Niederreiter, he's the he's the NHL leader in goals right now, guys, but Jad's coming for him. Yeah, he is. <coughs> for sure. There, there's there's no Connor McDavid in sight. I don't know what's going on with McDavid here, guys, but he hasn't scored a goal yet this season. And <laughs> huh? N- Nino, N- Nino Niederreiter is actually yet. the league in goals.
1: He hasn't played a game yet, but I'm sure he'll uh, score a few. Like- no one cares about those facts.
2: He'll end up with a double hat trick in the first game, or something ridiculous. Probably do a flip. What um, is happening? <laughs> what is happening? In all seriousness,
0: here. in all seriousness, Nino Nino Rider is definitely he is he's lived up to the bill of what we've been saying since he was added to this team. He's going to add toughness to this team. He's going to add veteran experience to this team. He's going to add smartness, uh, a, a smart play to his game, Um, and then of course he's going to. Do the things on the score sheet, like score goals. And I gotta say, because I don't want this to be overlooked, because he got criticized so much over the offseason, including on this podcast. What about that slick veteran pass from Ellie Tolvanen to Nino Nita Rider on that one goal? I think that was no. in the second game.
2: So the thing the here here's as pretty as it was. I think it was more impressive for this reason. Last year, Ellie would have panicked and fired a wrister. Yep. And it would have been a badly aimed shot that he knew wasn't going to be.
0: It would have either missed the net or would have been a routine save for the goaltender.
2: Yes. Right. This year, he's, I think he's continued to mature a little bit. He's more comfortable. He seems like he's skating more comfortable. And, He comes in, is patient, and takes that puck in, and stays patient to make that pass. Mm -hmm. Waits till that lane is open to get it perfectly over to Niederreiter, and Nino just Nino does the same thing. He waits just a half a second for the player in front of him to clear him and the goalie to bite. That is a super, highly patient and professional play. Mm-hmm. Which is um, yeah. why I think Mr. Sherwood might have lost his spot. Anyways, we'll talk about that later. No,
0: that was <laughs> that was such a veteran. I, I I loved that to see that so much from and that he trusted his linemates there. He yep. and he got rewarded for playing <clears throat> on a line with someone who he can trust, and he makes the smart veteran decision hockey play to find Niederreiter instead of just making a like, – like Kyle just said, he, he could have just fired it into the goalies' pads and it would have been a very routine save. You draw a face-off in your zone and no one thinks twice about it. They're like, okay. And then that's – Tolvenin's shooting percentage was so horrendous last year. How many of those bad shots was he taking where he was just taking very low percentage, easy – saves for the goaltender to make well that would have been one of them right there most likely instead he makes the right decision he finds his line mate need a connects like he's going to do a lot of times because he's that type of player and you love to see the teamwork you love how this team through these first two games and what you're seeing in the behind the glass series what you're seeing Mm -hmm. in training camp and interviews all the footage this team plays for each other. They mm-hmm. really do. They, they've all got their back. The newcomers on the team, you would have thought they've been on this team for years. And that's a credit to John Hines for the culture he's building because yeah. that's not an easy thing to do. It's no. not in any line of work.
1: Yeah, especially especially the, the situation that Hines, when he took over uh, – you know that locker room. When one, I, I mean, when I that. look at
0: Nino, when I look at Nino, when I look at McDonough, when I look at Sherwood, mm-hmm. when I when I look at all these guys, I am seeing they they look so comfortable. They look like they're yep. so bought into this organization, and they're so ready to do something special. And I get the same vibes that I get from Forsberg and Yosi, who have mm-hmm. been with this team. Eckholm, the guys who have went through it. Colton mm-hmm. Sissons has went through it. Hmm. and i get that same sense from the new guys and it's just a great thing to see and i think it's going to take this team a long way
1: yeah i agree 100 um mcdonough seems to fit right in like you said really well um love the Sweet. way he's playing um i think nino just it's amazing that they, that he's gelled as well as he has so quickly i've, I've I think I put on Twitter something like he could be the, the best off season acquisition they've had possibly ever. If if it if it works I, out, I like mean Matt Duchesne was Matt Duchesne would beg yeah. to differ because he was
0: an off season addition. Yeah. That's gonna be a tough one to because a lot of the big additions that the Predators have made over the yeah. years actually came during the season. They made like a lot yeah. of trade deadline deals. The predators yeah. historically have never been a big player when it comes to getting into the free agency market, even Mm -hmm. going back to their early years. Uh, It's very rare. They just normally – they're not that type of team normally. So the fact that Mm -hmm. they were so aggressive this offseason and you're seeing these early positive returns against one rebuilding team, it's only two games. We're not going too crazy here, but we're just calling it like we see it. The first Mm -hmm. two games we've seen, very encouraging. And anytime you can get a back-to-back win – Wins to open a season, you're going to be happy. It doesn't matter who it's against.
2: Yeah. So, so I got a question for y'all, real oh. quick, just off top. Talk, was talking to somebody about this today. Looking at the decor, the way it is set up right now.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh Yossi Carrier, Acom, McDonough, and then your six, uh, five being Fabro, and then six, seven, LaZan, and Boro. If they had that decor last year for the entire season, and nothing else changes, does UC Saros win the Vezina Trophy?
0: Oh, that's a good question. I mean, he was already a Vezina nomination. I don't know, man. I how Jesterkin many? Justerkin was so dominant, though. I don't know if he <coughs> overtakes Justerkin.
2: If if UC stayed healthy and. You had that defense core. How many times did we lose games because Ben Harper let in a stupid goal? No. <laughs> ben Harper has resurfaced. I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> ben
0: I, Harper uh, has joined the chat. <laughs> I three. think
2: that this new yeah. and improved decor could be the biggest difference from the last year to this year. All I know right. the forwards are a lot of difference. But I think it's the most solid decor they've had since PK Subban. I
1: I think he would have gotten closer. I don't see him overtaking Shostakin, but I do agree with what you're saying. the 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 defense is like, um, I think we talked about it last episode. Like moving Fabro take some pressure off him, allow him to maybe, you know, get uh, more comfortable. I guess he always sort of looked a little uncomfortable. McDonough obviously is, you know, well what he we, brings. So and we kind of saw it on the penalty kill as well. Ryan
0: McDonough's mm-hmm. presence on the penalty kill, guys, cannot be overstated mm-hmm. enough. He is going to make a huge difference. You saw it so quick, Ryan McDonough out there <laughs> being in For the sure. right position. I mean, there were there were times where the sharks were on the power play, and then also in that second game. It's basically like a power play because they got the net empty and it's six on yeah. five. I mean, they couldn't clear the puck to save their lives, but you see guys like Ryan McDonough just laying their body out there to protect UC Soros, and it just mm-hmm. gets your blood pumping, man. Like Absolutely. you just want to you want to run through a brick wall and and get out there and you help do. them. You want to, like, literally get on the ice, even though I would probably die if I got out there with them. But you want to get out there and block a shot with them. Like, you're just like, I want to get in there, because you see these guys just letting it all out there to protect UC Soros and protect Kevin Lankin in in that situation. And that's the kind of guys you got to have, especially for a team like the National Predators. Maybe they don't lead the league in penalties this year, but they're going to be up there. Let's be honest, guys. They're going to be top five. It's the way they play. It's a product of their system. I think if you hooked John Hines up to a lie detector, he would say, yeah, we're going to be top five this year in penalties probably. Yeah. And he would be okay with it if they can kill penalties and they can play a great system and only take penalties – when it's necessary or when it's the product of just playing aggressive. Maybe it was a bang, bang, borderline call where the official mm-hmm. just didn't call it quite your way. But we got to stay away from some of these really lackadaisical just – I don't want to say lazy because I don't think any of the guys are lazy. But we got to stay away from these careless penalties. Yeah. And I know we love Tanner Janot, but he had one that I call careless. He, he just wasn't paying attention with his stick. He got a stick caught up in a guy and just those are the penalties we've got to avoid. And I know mm-hmm. they, the guys know that, but um, if we can cut those out, then you'll live with some of these other penalties that are just a product of how aggressive they play. We'll be okay with that because I do think our penalty kill is going to be top half in the league. I can see that. I could see them being a top half of the league penalty kill with Ryan McDonough in there, of course, Matias Ekholm's a great penalty killer. Yakov mm-hmm. Trenin was killing off some big yeah. penalty minutes as well. Mm-hmm. So we've got a lot of great. Colton yeah. Sissons is an outstanding penalty killing forward. We know that. So they this, this this crew can kill some penalties. Yeah. So we can live with some of it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think I think McDonough. I don't know. You, we obviously don't have no clue what's going to happen with the Predators this season, but I think Tampa Bay is going to wind up. Missing McDonald. Well, they already know that. Yeah. They didn't want to lose him. Yeah, I know they, they didn't, didn't want to, but I think it's going to, it's going to, that's going to rear its head.
0: I've talked to, so living, I'm living, I live down here in St. Pete, which is right across the bridge from Tampa. There's so many Lightning fans around here, and I've talked to a lot of them just off the record, just having fun sports talk, you yeah. know, stuff. And um, first of all, almost every Lightning fan I've met have, has told me they have no problem with the Predators and they kind of think they're a cool team most of them like mm-hmm. it's not really a rivalry obviously but yeah. um no <laughs> but i can tell you that almost every fan i've talked to that are really into like hockey like really invested mm-hmm. in in the Bay lightning they are hurt bad about yeah. losing mcdonough like it 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 kind like of feels as equivalent if we lost matthias eckholm in a way like that or if yeah. we lost i don't know if i'd put him on roman Yossi's level. Is losing mm-hmm. him, but I would compare him to like if we lost Matias home in that fashion, yeah. we would be hurt. Yeah. You know, for sure. That's kind of what I would equate <laughs> it to. Yeah.
2: But it's crazy.
0: All right, guys. So I just call it a business trip. I mean, I know that's a very cliche thing they use in sports, but that's what I call it. And it was a very successful business trip. You know, past preds teams, they play down to their competition. They don't take care of business when they're the better team on paper no disrespect to the san jose sharks but the predators are the better team on paper and so it was very nice to see them come out with four points like they should that's how i feel about that
1: yeah same it was Mm -hmm. it was fun and exciting to watch the first game uh the second game actually you know it was a little closer you're a little more on pins and needles a little bit like come on guys get this you know wrap this up but um. yeah, I mean, some good and some bad, lots of things to work on, but look looked pretty good to me. Which is
0: perfect to take us into our next segment here, Catfish on Ice episode 150, presented by DraftKings promo code THPN. We've got the link right now on Twitter in our um, tweet here watch, while you're watching the show. So click on that link, link if you're a new user and use our promo code THPN for some awesome hockey offers that we're going to get into a little bit later. Before we do that, let's preview the next opponent on the schedule. That is the Dallas stars and the competition is about to ramp up a little bit again. Always no disrespect to the San Jose sharks, but the Dallas stars were stepping up our game a little bit here. Um, It's always a good game. No love lost between these two uh, opponents. And, both teams went through some minor changes. I don't think the Stars went through nearly as much changes as the Predators did, although they did lose uh, Klingberg. Um, yeah. That's their big loss of the offseason for the Dallas Stars. They ended up figuring out a way to hold on to Jason Robertson and avoid disaster, even though did that lingered that lingered way longer than any of us thought it would. But They got him. So – what are we thinking, guys, about the Dallas Stars? Uh, I, I feel like they're the hardest team to put a peg on out of almost – I don't know what to make of them. They could be the second-best team in the division. They could end up missing the playoffs altogether. I really don't know where to place them at all. Like it's, It hurts my head to even
2: think about it. It's an absolute crapshoot with Dallas. It, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I'm right there with you. I don't know where to – where to slot them they could any finish anywhere from second to fifth and Mm -hmm. eh, they've got a really young goalie they've got some really Mm -hmm. young talent and then they've got some veterans who are saying they're healthy and they're good to go but have underperformed the last couple of years and sagan Mm -hmm. and ben Uh, Mm -hmm. they lost klingberg Uh, Rupe hans is an awesome player Miro mm-hmm. and is a Norris-level defenseman. There's yep. so much just contradiction among that team. Yes.
1: They have
2: they have a new coach. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they play. Uh, a recycled last... head coach, if you will. Pete DeBoer, he's been all over the yeah, place.
1: Yeah, they just dumped um, me in Manhattan.
2: I mean, up until the last year or so, Dallas has flat-bullied the Predators since the cup run. Uh, kind of walked all over them, so it's probably going to be a f- physical game, too. Uh, I really look to see Boro start Thursday. Uh, I, I agree with that. I like that, actually, a lot. In, in a I've, matchup
1: like this, you start Yeah, I like that a lot. I agree. He was hurt. He was hurt. Hopefully, he's fine. That's why he didn't play uh, in the same game. Oh,
2: really? Yeah. Um, I know Emma Lingen was uh, posting where uh, he was talking to her at a practice this morning. So, oh, good. hopefully he's good to go. I'm yeah. sure
0: it was just – I mean, it's a back-to-back, you know, and, and he's he's not a spring chicken anymore. And if he was having any type of a maintenance thing, you're not going <laughs> to throw him in there when you have Jeremy Lazan.
1: For sure. Nikki is – Our resident Stars Uh, fan. I want to hear
0: from Nikki. I forgot that she's a big Dallas Stars fan. She can give us some insight here.
1: They will go on losing streaks and winning streaks. I think, again, they're a wild card team this year, but as soon as playoffs start, look out.
0: I I can't disagree
1: with Nikki there at all. Because they got
0: Jake Ottinger, who put up one of the – I know the Dallas Stars lost that series, but he put out one of the best playoff performances single-handedly by a goaltender in the analytics Mm -hmm. era if you look at his underlying numbers that he put up his goals saved above expected and all this stuff can he do it in a a full regular season is still very much up in the air but i i think he can do it he's he's another big bodied goaltender he's massive Mm -hmm. and he's one of the next great young goaltenders in this league so yeah we haven't
1: mentioned um Joe Pavelski, he put up some pretty big numbers last season. Yeah, he found the fountain
0: um, of youth last year. Can he find yeah. it again? I think he'll be yeah. another great player. I mean, I don't think he's yeah. just going to suddenly drop off a cliff. Mm-mm. I mean, but he—he's also, yeah, you know, I mean, he's—he's he's a 38 year old player, so yeah.
2: he's. But boy, can he tip them?
0: How much more mm-hmm. can he really do? When I yeah. look at the Ford groups, when I look at the Ford lines for. The stars, this is where I jump off board with them. This is where I just don't trust them as much. And I this is where I like I wanna say they're going to be a good team because they got Ottinger, they've got some really good defensemen, and mm-hmm. they've got Jason Robertson, of course, but and they've got Pavelski. But do I trust Jamie Ben? He's the captain and he deserves to be captain as far as he's a great leader and he's a veteran. But do I trust him to just suddenly morph back into what he used to be. Um, Tyler Mm -hmm. Sagan, another player who's getting on up there. He's not – I mean, he's not – he's in the prime of his career, I guess you could say, in a way. But he had a down year last year. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. It's a very hard team to put a peg on. So, one thing I'll say going into this matchup, though, is the Predators better not – shoot themselves in the foot in a matchup like don't. this. Because I do think the Dallas Stars will run all over them if mm-hmm. the Predators don't bring their A game.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think you can never, no matter who's playing for Dallas, you can't discount them. And the Predators should never discount them because it's always, no matter who's playing, a very tough game. So, um, yeah, don't take anything for granted. And it's going to be their season opener. And it's their season opener. So they're going to be fired up. Yep. But Nashville should be fired up too. They're oh, home yeah, openers, so Home they'll opener. Be back, so.
0: They'll be back home in Bridgestone Arena. So they're going to be fired up for sure. But it's going to be a fun game. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. I, I love the way the schedule has worked out here because they got four days off to get back home, chill out a little bit. I think that's mm-hmm. awesome for them. Because um, that's a <coughs> long, that was a long trip there. Yeah, They were over there for a while Mm -hmm. And they get to come back and spend some time With their families, get back acclimated With being back over to the United States Get back and sleep in their beds A couple nights, you know Their own beds, and then they get to play at home And open up for the home crowd So Mm -hmm. I I do think the schedule worked out pretty well In that regard And should be a really great game Should be an awesome game, it always
1: is Looking forward to it, for sure
0: All right, we're going to move right along here. Episode 150 of Catfish on Ice. Before we do, again, we're presented by DraftKings promo code THBN. Hockey fans, it's finally time to hit the ice again, and thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. You're in for the season of a lifetime. New customers can bet $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets if they win. Um, If I would have been betting on this Kings Vegas Golden Knights matchup It's happening, I would have taken the Kings. The Kings are my sleeper pick to win mm-hmm. the Pacific Division this year. They are a team that I feel like has gone through the rebuild process, and maybe they've finally gotten to the point where they're going to actually see results. So that's who I would have thrown my $5 down on tonight if I was using DraftKings in this awesome offer. And – if that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays, buy multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot in an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THBN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $200 in free bets if they do. That's code THBN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See our show notes for details on if you need gambling help and have a gambling problem or crisis. And there are ways you can reach out to get help with that. And DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever
1: you want. Kings are up one nothing in that game.
2: All right. It's, see, my bet would have paid off.
1: BT dubs.
2: Uh, see, uh, uh, I know Rich is watching it now. I've, I've had it on up here. Have you seen the atrocity that is these new Vegas home jerseys oh, and these totally Kings bad. helmets? And it's just, like, clashing together, and I'm waiting for my screen to catch on fire.
1: <laughs> the glitter gold, man. I just can't. What about
0: uh, – <clears throat> speaking of cringe moments, what about did you guys see the um, referee for the first game give his little speech yeah. before he dropped the puck? That was kind of awesome.
1: They got roasted for that. It was Twitter. like, a, did you see it, Kyle? No, I didn't. Oh, I've, okay, I've, seen,
2: I've seen the tweets
1: about oh it though. God. So <laughs> the ref basically,
2: it's, it's like
0: very forced. It almost sounds like a hostage situation, but the refs like, all right, guys, like the, the players are like ready to like drop the puck. They're like ready to play, and the refs like, all right, guys, let's have a great game. We're happy to be here. Play great. Play smart. This best is the best game, in the game world. ever. Like it just—it's really awkward in forced. And then he just drops the puck. It was like yeah. the weirdest.
2: It was really strange. so. It was not an awesome Wes
1: McCauley moment. Then no, no, <laughs> definitely not. It was so. Just, I, I it was super actually. I actually, didn't have the game on, but I do now. So the Kings are wearing their nice shiny chrome helmets. <laughs> okay, you got. I'm gonna actually the, play this, and the and, and see, the Golden I'm, Knights are wearing their nice shiny, gold um, jerseys. Kyle,
0: Kyle, I'm going to play this. Hopefully you can hear it and our listeners can hear it. All right, I'm going to play it over the microphone. Here comes our... uh... Hold on. Technology is hard for me, apparently. All right, Kyle. This is your first time hearing this. Listen to how awkward this is.
1: (laughs) To opening
2: night of the 2022-23 NHL season. What's better than this? Good luck, to all players. Let's have a great season. <laughs> <laughs> it was just so random. Okay, then. What's better than this? And here comes <laughs> her. the, the two centers are sitting there looking at him like, man, like, like, what, uh,
1: like, what are you doing, dude? serious right like, now. They should have got that one French-Canadian referee who has the real thick accent to do it. That would have been great.
2: That would have been very funny.
1: Or get Wes McCauley to do it. That would have been – Wes McCauley would have right? made a
2: show out of it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there would have been sure.
2: fireworks or something.
1: Yeah. So now – right. He's the only
2: ref with fans ever. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move
0: on to the big topic here that's sweeping natural Predator circles right now, and that is oh. – um, The curveball that everyone has been thrown here from the coaching staff making the decision that Philip Tomasino is going to start the season in Milwaukee. And the reason why is the really the only reason that it's a big surprise to me is you're talking about a player who played 76 games last year as a rookie. And I got to say, it's I'm not saying it's the wrong decision, but it's very, very rare, I got to think, for a player to play 76 games in his rookie year. Put up over 30 points. It's not like he had a bad rookie year. You're right. Oh, ah, Boyd. <laughs> yeah, he shows up for the best topic of the night for sure. Oh, right. But um, it's like that's the only thing that's the curveball for me. It's not the coaching decision to send him down. The kid's 20 years old. So, obviously, right. if you think he needs more development and he needs more ice time and he needs more top-line minutes – then, of course, the best place for him to go is the Milwaukee Admirals. It's just – it's so rare to see this happen because it's not like Tomasino played 20 games here and there and they were experimenting with him last year and, you know, like it just didn't work out. And it's like, okay, we know your talent, but you're going to start off in Milwaukee this year. It's like – I'm this is a big gamble from Hines. It is because if for some reason – this team sputters and goes through a 20-game stretch where they can't score and, and and their lines aren't producing, and then they got to take Tomasino back up to get him back into the lineup, that's going to look bad, and, mm-hmm. and it's, it's going to throw things off. But mm-hmm. I do understand where he's coming from as far as, okay, he's 20 years old, let's pump the brakes. He needs more development. We don't want him wasting away not getting much ice time on the NHL level when he could be in Milwaukee and he could be developing even more. I do get that part of it. Let's go to Kyle
2: first, and then we'll go to Rich. You sure you want to do that? I've made some people mad. Oh,
0: we want to hear it. Madder than they already are. I've read some of your takes, and I agree with them. I want to hear what you got to say about it.
2: So, okay, I like Phil Tomasino. I think he is going to be a great NHL player. I'm saying this to preface what I'm about to say. Hockey is a business. In this business, your number one goal as a management group and as a coaching staff is to win games. The purpose of training camp and preseason games is to determine the players that give you the best chance at that moment to win games. It was put out there to the players. We have it on video. These practices will matter. These scrimmages will matter. Philip Tomasino was simply outplayed and outproduced in these scrimmages, practices, and preseason games by other players like Kiefer Sherwood. Like, I'm not going to say he's even – I won't even say he was even in the conversation with Cole Smith or Michael McCarron. I think that is completely irrelevant. They weren't going to put him back on the fourth line because he's not a fourth line player. He spent all year on a fourth line last year because there was nobody else in this organization to play that spot. Yep. When you get down to brass tacks, there wasn't anybody else. And that's there, what it comes down to. There was not enough depth through organization-wide depth that you could have put him anywhere else or viably sent him down. It just wouldn't have worked. You look this year, you have uh, Niederreiter comes in, fills that spot on the right wing on second line. McCarron made himself into a – and I I didn't like McCarron. I wanted to not like McCarron. So you watch the documentary? And then you see him, how he is in the room – and you know what? He's, He's a tone he, setter. He really did. He calmed down quite a bit and made himself into a pretty reliable fourth-line guy. Cole Smith, that's whatever. I'm, I'm not going to make that argument because, like I said, in the first place, Tomasino's not going to play on the fourth line. He is a top six player. He is not going to get better at being a top six player playing on a fourth line. I don't care if it's an NHL fourth line or a ECHL fourth line. He's not going to learn how to be a better top six player on any fourth line. So, therefore, if he is not good enough, I hate to say he's not good enough. If he is not prepared enough in his journey as a hockey player to take this second line top six role, in an NHL environment, send him to arguably the best coach in the AHL, let him teach him how to be the man again, because it's been two or three years since he's been that. He has been down in the lineup and everything since pretty much juniors. Yes, I know he played 26 games for the Chicago Wolves. Big whoop, I don't really count anything from that season. That <laughs> right. That's what development is a top six forward going to get in twenty six games.
0: They go. We're going to go to Rich here. I just wanted to say one thing. Uh, they have much bigger plans, future plans for Philip Tomasino, and they don't want to screw this up by yep. t- to Kyle's point by putting him on the fourth line and getting t- ten to twelve minutes a game and and just I mean the 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 growth he can get from being um, in Milwaukee. And uh, Boyd jumped in. Our friend Boyd uh, yeah. jumped in just now, and he put up a really good uh, tweet that I came across. He's uh, he's down there now commenting. But I want to give Boyd credit because I came across a tweet he put out saying basically we're seeing what Cody Glass did last year. It's the same situation in a way. Not exactly the same, but it, they're similar situations like – because everyone thought Cody Glass was gonna, you know, start the season. He did start the season on the Preds roster last year. And then he got sit down and people were upset about it. Well, <laughs> Tomasino's not even starting the season on the Predators roster. Mm-mm. So it's 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 a shock to the system a little bit, but this is how it works. And um, it could blow up in Heinz's face, though. I'm not I'm I'm telling you right now, it could because if he goes down there and he does shine. He has a great year with Milwaukee, but for some reason this team sputters and there's not a lot of depth or he's having to shuffle lines or whatever. And then he has to bring him back up again at mid season. I think that's going to look bad. So
2: that's my only reservation about it. See, I disagree. I, I kind of agree with what uh, we were talking about Boyd. Boyd says he sees him back on the team by Thanksgiving. I think that is entirely possible. If he goes down and he's scoring, if he's point per game and you know he is centering that centering or either on the wing on that top power play unit and he's scoring goals, he's leading the team in points. If he goes down and he's lighting it up, I think he comes right back up. But I get that, but if you bring if you bring
0: him back up that quick. It's for me. It's kind of like, so what did we do for a month here? It's like, okay, he proves once again that he can produce on the AHL level, which we know he can do. Mm-hmm. So my thing is, if you call him back up a month later, uh, where where do you put him? Like, it doesn't solve your problems mm-hmm. if you if you've still got key for Sherwood, and you like that. That's my biggest thing is and let's say fair. you know.
1: That's the thing, though. I think think this whole thing hinges on Ellie Tolvanen.
0: That's a good Good point.
1: If Tolvanen Tolvanen can – he played well in the first two games, if he can keep that up, I don't see any reason to to move him. If he starts playing bad, you know, you could move Sherwood up, I guess. You're not going to move anybody else up. There's only two people that you could put in that spot. I think at that point – if Tolvanen starts dropping off, that's probably when. That's a, that's
0: a really good point, Rich. And Nick that's true. Ellie Tolvanen kind of holds the cards here because yeah. we know that he can, if he can have a bounce back year and really take off this year, then problem solved. You've got your top six. <laughs> and then suddenly, Kiefer Sherwood is a really damn good fourth line player.
1: Yeah.
0: And, and you can also interchange Sherwood into the fourth line. You've still got your Zach Sanfords, your Michael McCarran's, your Cole Smiths. Um, down there to play Mm fourth-line minutes. And then you've got your herd line. You've got your Forsberg, Granlin, Duchesne line. And suddenly you've got your – you can roll out four four lines that you can be super confident in. Again, if you call Tomasino back up in November because he's tearing it up at the AHL, where do you put him? Is there room for him at that point? And then you're talking about maybe damaging his development or his confidence even more. Hopefully he's – he, he can do exactly what Cody Glass did and take yeah. it in stride because he's such a young player. I mean, yeah. his his hockey career is not over, obviously. He's mm-hmm. got the whole it's future. It's barely started. Exactly. He's got the yeah. whole future ahead of him. So, hopefully, he takes this in stride just like Cody Glass did. Yeah. Again, very different situations because Cody Glass was already coming from a different organization as the sixth overall pick of the and didn't get used properly and got – treated horribly by that organization quite frankly and
2: injuries and, yeah, yeah so
0: they are two different situations but they are kind of similar i get it but we'll have, yeah. we'll just have to watch and see i think it's a big gamble from heinz but it yeah. could pay off obviously he's the head coach and he knows way more what's going on in that organization than i can even pretend to know but i do think it's kind of a gamble and we'll see what happens but yeah. um rich uh, rich uh you say ellie Tolvenin. um but are you on board with this um,
1: for now? Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't, you know, obviously we don't know what happened, but it seemed like he just wasn't showing the coaching staff what they needed to see. So, you know, they want him to eventually be a top six player uh, consistently, and if he it wasn't showing them that, you know, in in training camp, then there's no. You know, there's no choice really, but to but to make that happen. And if um, down the stretch, if there's not a spot for him on the second line, don't bring him back up at all. Like I mean, because you don't want you don't want him. You know, like you said, he's not being on the fourth line, getting into twelve minutes. I'm on not, board with that.
0: That's what I can get right. on board with. Yeah. If, yeah. if if the team's humming and and everything's working out great, and they've got their Their forward lines that are all working great and they've got that line chemistry and all that good stuff, then you absolutely leave Tomasino in the HL and you let him get a full season down there to just, I don't Mm -hmm. even want to say dominate, but just have a really good, strong season of growth. I don't like the idea of, you know, bringing him back up, sending him back down, bringing him back up, moving him all around. I want him in. You know like obviously he's going to have to be called up if if injuries happen mm-hmm. or if poor plays happens he's going to be quickly called back up again. I get that. But I don't want I don't want him to be like thrown around left and right. Like I want cuz I don't think he's waiver eligible. I think it went Yeah, he's he waiver there, eligible. He is waiver eligible? Yep. So if they send him so if they call him back up and send him back down,
2: it's not nothing's going to happen.
0: Yeah, so he's ineligible. He's waiver ineligible. So like what I'm saying is if, He is not eligible to
2: be picked off of waivers. That's
0: what I was saying. That's what I was really? trying to get at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're you're saying you can move him back and forth if you want, but I just yeah. don't like the idea of that. Um if he's down there, then then live with your decision. Call yeah. him back up if 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 you feel the need to due to injuries or if it just gets really bad. But yeah. Um, I'm kind of I'm kind of hoping he's in Milwaukee and he gets a full season of growth if that's yeah. where you're gonna put him at.
1: Boyd has a I'm gonna put it up here on the screen, but I'm gonna preface it with we saw this watching behind the glass when Igor Afanasiev was told he was going back to Milwaukee. You saw the disappointment on his face. Mm-hmm. You saw, you know, the, the other coaches just kind of sat there, but Carl Taylor took a moment and to lift that dude up and say, Hey man. You know, you 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 you'll be fine, and yep. this is what Boyd said: the upside of the glass precedent. And we know Carl Taylor knows how to handle a prospect disappointed in not making the team, but who needs to build his game? And I think that's exactly that's what he's definitely good in good hands. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. We have that's- a
0: we have such a great system thanks to mm-hmm. Carl Taylor leading down yep. there, and so he's going into good hands. He's going to be yep. on a
2: good team. Yep. So
0: that part's What. Great.
2: What player would not benefit at that age from a year for of sure. playing for Taylor? Yeah, for sure. I'm and that, more, and that coaching staff, Rollo and all them guys, they have they have done wonders for the Pred system. They have taken oh, it's, some it's recruits so that better. were that were unknown. You made Matthew Olivier into an NHL player. He's he's playing for the Blue Jackets. Yep. You made you took Tanner Janot from this rough article that he was when he came in and you made him into one of the more popular players in the NHL last year period that (laughs) redefined what made a lot of people rethink what the Calder Trophy actually meant. I mean, Mm -hmm. these guys aren't doing these things if it's not for Carl Taylor and his staff. You look at Alexander Carrier, all these guys have came up that have spent time in that system have (laughs) came up to the Preds or whatever organization they ended up in and have been ready to play, have been solid, good players. Every one of them almost. Yeah. I don't see how him playing down there for, I don't think it will be all season, but if it is, I'm perfectly okay with it. My yeah. air compressor just kicked on and almost scared me to death. <laughs> I didn't
0: know where you were going with that. When you up air compressor. I thought oh, you were. I, I may have had a mini heart attack. I thought I'm, you were about oof. to. I thought you were about to have like the craziest analogy ever when you brought up air compressor. I'm like, no, no. I
2: literally, this. I'm. You're probably going to see my eyes get real big for like a quarter <laughs> second before I realize That's what it right. was <laughs> because it's my garage insane. is right behind me and- oh, all I see is
0: gonna... all I see is an empty bridgestone arena behind you, but yeah, that's yeah right. I'm in
2: Bridgestone. It was I the
0: Zamboni was kicked off. I, I
2: thought oh, okay. you were
0: in Bridgestone the whole time. <laughs> I had <thought laughs> yeah. no clue that you were kind of here anywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't all have right. any arms. Arm good stuff here. there, Philip Thomasino starting the season in Milwaukee. Tell us how you feel about it. Tweet the show at catfish ice. Comment on the live stream on our YouTube channel. Hit subscribe while you're there, please. It helps a ton. All right, let's move along here, gentlemen. Let's unveil our first edition of our Clutch Performers of the Week. So for new listeners of the show, we've done this since the podcast started. We're going into our third season covering the Predators on this podcast. And we like to do Clutch Performers of the Week. It's very similar to your three stars of the game that every game they pick a three Stars of the game. We do our Clutch Performers of the Week. From the National Predators, some weeks are harder than others. There's some weeks, this is a hard one, uh, Rich. You can remember plenty of weeks where the Predators lost all of their games, and we had to <laughs> dig deep in the barrel to find three clutchers.
1: Yeah, four. there was there was one stretch where it was like, oh man, it was. We bad. had to pick from three games to get three guys. <laughs> Clutch performer, guys. But I don't think this is that
0: week. This is hard because there's plenty of guys to choose from because the Predators won both of their games. It's hard in that level, too. But we're going to do both of our lists. I'm kind of messing around with technology here, but we're we're going to share it on the screen here. Let me make sure. All right, I've got – we are going to share Rich's list first. All right, Rich, you're up. Okay. Clutch performers of the week. We're going to share it. We're going to share it on the screen here so that all of our viewers can see it. Hold on a second.
1: Boyd said Matt Benning for taking multiple penalties. <laughs> yep.
0: Hey, that's fair. You can you hey. can make him your clutch performer of the week.
1: All right. There it is. Number three. And Ooh, real for sure, quick yeah. before
0: you go, Rich. Uh, okay. We
1: apologize to Kyle for being
0: covered up by the DraftKings sponsor logo. Stick
1: your, wave your hands up, Kyle. Stick your hands up in the air, sir. Oh, are you okay? I can't see you.
2: I'm I'm living out a lifelong dream of being Wilson from Home Improvement.
0: <laughs> oh, you are. Look at you. <laughs> you, you are. Party uh, ho, neighbor. <laughs> for the, for howdy ho. the remainder of this segment, Kyle is the DraftKings logo, unfortunately.
1: He is. All right. He's down there. Go ahead. The Go ahead with your
0: clutch performers. All right.
1: Now. Kiefer Sherwood. We just talked about him. Young man took – basically did great training camp. Got a goal and a, a, a point in the first game. Good on you. I mean, we don't know where he's going to wind up. We don't know if he's going to stay where he is. Well, he already got moved down to the fourth line the second game. But, um, yeah, man, he got a spot on the roster, so that's good. Second one, Phillip Forsberg not really clutch you kind of just expect him to be good but i think getting a goal and a point um he looked really good out there he looked good yeah he looked good he, could he looked have easily had
0: another goal or two like in that i mean he was very dominant he was skating really well for sure um he yeah. was he didn't have <clears throat> any he didn't have like a slow start to the season after getting that new contract that's, i didn't sense any of that.
1: that's yeah that's part of part of it you know he came in and and took care of business, and then I think probably all of our uh, clutch performers are going to have Nino Niederreiter as number one. Um, I've said it tonight already, but I think he's going to be awesome. Um, looked good that Tolven and pass that he finished was just like Sports Center worthy. It was just beautiful. So um, yeah, man, I, I'm excited to to see Niederreiter on this team for sure. So. He's my number one.
0: Nice. All number right. One. Good Good list there from Rich. Uh, Nino. Kiefer Sherwood, Phil Forsberg, and Nino Niederreiter. All right. Let me pull up the next one here. We're going to pull up Kyle's list here. Give us a second to get this pulled up here. <coughs> Excuse me. All right. Kyle, I'm excited about your list here. I thought it was a yeah, good one.
2: Good
0: list. One second. Technology is not my friend today. It happens. Kyle, go
2: ahead with your list, and then we'll share it on the screen. Okay. Um, my third star, I guess you could say, uh, is Ryan McDonough. McDonough really impressed me. I've I've watched McDonough whenever Nashville's played against uh Tampa in the last few years and then you you know you hear the stories about how he's played and how solid he is and all these things. One thing that really stood out to me is his positioning. Mm. Whenever he's out there, it looks like he's almost 2 seconds ahead in his head. Like Five. Uh, he was jumping passes that I'm used to see ha- see happen against Nashville. It's pretty cool to see that happening for us now. Uh, mm-hmm. Just his level of poise and him and Ekholm seem to be just gelling as a D pair. Yep. And I think the impact from him is going to be, he could be clutch all year. Uh, going on to my second pick is Cody Glass, and I'm so exceptionally happy for this kid. Oh, we've, for all sure. seen, we've all seen the video of him tearing up whenever he's being told that he's made the team and that the guys <laughs> want him there and everything yep. else. So uh, we're all happy for him. The kid is playing on the penalty kill. He's playing on the power play. He's, he's centering the second power play unit. He is getting every opportunity <laughs> to make something out of this go. And you know what? I believe he's going to do it. And he's it just, a
0: fa- hey, he, he's in the face-off circle, Kyle. He, no, he's, about
2: him. he is nice in that face-off circle. And he is a dog. He will get down on the ice and dig for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, prototypical
0: a, center. He's such a prototypical center, which has eluded yeah. this organization
2: for so long. Uh, I, just, I was really impressed with his play. I was really impressed with his play away from the puck. That has improved a lot. He, uh, John Hines talked about when he first came to the organization being a willing skater. He used that in reference to Duchesne and Johansson. And when jo, uh, Duchesne got sent down to what the third line there for a while and everything else said he, he had to be a willing skater. Cody Glass is a willing skater. He is doing everything with effort. He is carrying the play. And you know what? His line has looked good. And I think a lot of that comes back to him. Uh, and the number one, it's hard to go against Nino. For sure. He's, he's just – El Nino is uh, – he's doing some work. And his line looks good. The chemistry with him and Johansson is electric. I really, really liked it when they had in up with them because that mm-hmm. line – just look dangerous all the time because everybody knows Johansson doesn't like to shoot that much. But yeah. whereas before it was always insert person here on other side of Tolvanen and it was pretty much Luke Cunning all year, he wasn't yeah. much of a threat to yeah. score.
0: And that's, that's probably what we're going to see on Thursday against Dallas. I would expect mm-hmm. it to be a Nino – Johansson, Tolvanen line, second. Yeah, oh, that's, uh,
1: that's that's good for Tolvenin too. I mean, that's really good for him. That's he's with two excellent players, and that's gonna probably help elevate his game to where it needs to be. Yeah, um, yeah. So exciting. Right. So you guys got to promise not to laugh at
0: me when I give you my clutch performers of the week. And I, Rich is already laughing, so I already know that it's over. I already know, I already know the one. So I haven't even shared it yet, not and he's fun. already given me. It's not funny. Me, but I'm not laughing. You're already laughing. What are you talking I'm about? Not, I'm not. All right. Let me I'm share kidding. it here on the screen. I'm probably, I'm sure, plenty of people are going to laugh at me. It's all good. Oh, really? Real, fine. Real quick. Oh, never mind. Go ahead. All right, everyone can. The world can see it. Clutch performers does not have to be a player who physically skated on the ice. Third clutch performer of the week for me. It's a first in it catfish first. on ice history in our clutch performers. I'm putting the head coach, John Hines, up there. The reason being is he got his team ready to go over this crazy offseason. he had to work with some new players a lot of younger players he's he's juggling a lot of different things and i think short training camp he is yeah perfect example there short training camp i don't think people realize the challenge that he was up against to get his team ready in a short training camp to go over there with new players on the team gelling with everything he's got. And watching the behind-the-glass series, I mean, you get to see how much of a player's coach John mm-hmm. Hines truly is. And even though the even though both games were a little bit um, closer than I would have liked and they were hanging in the balance a couple times against the Sharks, I still think in the end, in both games, coaching rose above everything because he had his team ready to play. And they made the critical – plays when they needed to to come out with four points in this global series so john hines he is my third clutch performer of the week love it no chuckles from you guys okay More chuckles. No, you're right.
2: uh-huh. oh yeah i've uh-huh. seen the
0: draft the draft kings logo is laughing over there yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of creepy to be quite honest it is a little bit <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. it gives me free reign to do what I want yeah, you know, right. is I want do what I'm you. doing under this logo.
1: yeah I really don't know what you're doing over there but we can okay. see you we can see you at the bottom so but our, our, our better be careful can.
0: all right number two see this is all the more reason for y'all to watch live if you're listening to the audio version right now the following day this is more reason to watch on YouTube the live streams because we have yep. a lot of fun obviously. Okay, number two is Nino Niederreiter. We're all in agreement, although I did not put him number one like you guys did. He had three goals, so I probably should have put him number one. But you know what? (coughs) You guys already covered it pretty much. Nino Niederreiter, he is obviously going to make this team a very legitimate um, team that can actually compete with some of these top-tier teams because they finally have – um, two lines that can really come at you hard uh, with 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 elite veteran scoring talent and his two way game is is just so so valuable and we saw that so he's off to a great start in his Predators career. My number one clutch performer, even though he only played one game, is Kevin Lankinen because here is my reasoning for why he is the number one clutch performer of the week. If he does not come up clutch, guys, then I. I don't think the Predators win that game. And I know Soros, you could make an argument for Soros to be in here then because he played well in the first game. Kevin Lankanen was under a lot of fire in that second game, especially late in that game when they pulled their goaltender and they were six on five. And he was sprawling all over the place. He was smothering pucks, laying flat on his back. Um, I, I was just waiting. I was just waiting for the Sharks to get one and descended to, to overtime and then just be happy that we got a point. Uh, I just I, I just didn't see it end well. And the yeah. way he willed his way to get the Predators four out of four points was enough for me as the new backup goaltender in town to help get his team the four points, get those second two points. He's my number one clutch performer for of the week.
1: You're right. You're right. That's good because uh, if you look at the shots – San Jose almost doubled up Nashville on shots, and he was getting hammered quite yeah. often. So yeah, yeah I mean, he good. was
2: played a heck of a game.
0: It's a little bit yeah. of a hot take, but you know what? I can't disagree with you guys' picks either that I didn't include on my list. Ryan McDonough had there were a lot to choose from this week, and there that's were. a good pro- that's a good problem to have. But those are our clutch performers of the week. We will do it every week looking back at the past week's games. So stay tuned for that. It'll be a lot of fun. Tell us your clutch performers of the week. Give us your one, two, three. Love to hear from you. Tell us what you're thinking. Um, Always fun. All right.
1: Yes. got one
0: more thing to get into before we close out episode Mm -hmm. 150 of Catfish on Ice brought to you by DraftKings. It's our NHL Quick Hitters segment. Let's go ahead and first talk about Connor Ingram, how happy are we guys for him that he gets himself um, what I think is a good landing spot for him? Uh, all jokes aside, because we know the Coyotes are going to be a mess, but he's going to an organization where he's going to have a chance to be the guy
2: between the pipes. I think he's better than Vesh Milka, um, to be honest. And, you know, I hate to see him go uh, – I love Ingram for a lot more reasons than hockey. And I yes. wish him the most success possible anywhere he goes. Uh, and I'm going to be pulling for him in Arizona. And I think he'll end up with that starting job.
1: Yep. I agree. Um, I think um, as soon as they drafted Yaroslav Askarov, the writing was on the wall. Um, he was probably never going to get the kind of starts that that he deserved in Nashville. Um, And now he's going to go to a spot that where he's needed. And I, I think it's probably the best thing that ever happened to him. (laughs) I mean, I know Arizona is not great, but you know, they need it. Better be
2: good to him or we'll shave their mullets off. For
1: sure. Yeah.
0: I, I'll be, um, I just, I want to see how many starts he gets there, Mm -hmm. you know, and he's probably going (coughs) to, have some rough games because that team's just not very good, obviously. And um, I want to see what kind of growth he can go through through there. But if he rises to the occasion and let's say he um, somehow ends up stealing a bunch of wins for them or let's say they end up being a little bit better than people thought because he goes out there and has some starts or he steals games as a goaltender, well, then that's going to set his future up very well. And then yep. even if he does have a rough year with Arizona, no one's going to fault him for that either. So yep. I think it's a good spot for him to land in. And hopefully um, we'll have to wait and see if, if he can be in the long-term plans for the Arizona Coyotes who are in a, such a deep rebuild that they can't even see the sun at this point. They're so deep. Yeah, But, you know.
1: I mean, even if, even if he splits with the other goaltender – that's way more than he was ever going to get in Nashville absolutely <laughs>
0: exactly. so it's a great I think it's a great landing spot for him yeah, and I'm happy for, sure. for him and I will be cheering for him every yep. start he makes me too so um, it's gonna be absolutely. super strange if he has to, if he, when he starts <clears throat> if when he starts against Nashville but uh, we'll wait and see how that works out all right what's going on here in the NHL doubleheaders tonight we know that the New York Rangers got some revenge. Yes. And they beat the Tampa Bay Lightning 3 to 1 in what I thought was a game where I'm sorry, but the Tampa Bay Lightning did not look very good. They they looked they looked vastly inferior to the New York Rangers in this game.
2: It, it seems that pit pendulum has swung.
0: Vasilevsky was the only reason that, that the Rangers didn't put five or six goals on the uh, on the board tonight because yeah, yeah. they were all over the net. They were Peppering Vasilevsky for so many tough saves. They finished with 39 shots on goal. Um, Tampa Bay, I mean, they just didn't look very good. Their one goal they scored was on a five on three. I saw a lot of very shaking uh, structure entering the zone. And you're talking about a Tampa team where normally that's never an issue. Normally they're a well-oiled machine. And even like Kucherov didn't look very comfortable out there um headman had that questionable hit on the guy that rich referenced earlier and they just it was not a very encouraging
1: first game of the season for the tampa bay lightning yeah they did they definitely didn't look like normal for sure it is only the first game but i mean and the rangers you know,
0: are a lot of people's stanley cup picks this year so
1: i think the I mean, rangers the rangers were gunning for them though i mean they were just sure. they were all over the place and and yeah. and good. I I think it was a good game. Um, It was kind of one of those, it turned out to be who's going to flinch first, but then like the Rangers were just too much for them. So it was a good game though. We saw
0: a battle between what many people consider the two best goaltenders in the world, Shesterkin versus Vasilevsky. Shesterkin didn't get tested nearly as much, but I still thought he made some really good saves uh, when he had to. Vasilevsky looked the part. I mean, that, I mean,
1: he always does. I mean, he's just.
0: Yes, he gave up three goals tonight, but I mean, he, robots he, always do. He was he was under <laughs> duress the entire night.
1: I mean, you gotta watch all, those
0: robots. <laughs> pretty much any goaltender would have uh, given up three or more goals in that game. Um, he's got
1: those big pads too. He's so big. It's
0: pads. We're, mid- we're getting close to midway. Getting close to midway through regulation in our second game of the doubleheader, Golden Knights versus the Kings and we're tied one-to-one <laughs> in that game. Um, so uh, the Golden Knights are one of those weird teams. They finally missed the playoffs and got a little taste of um, defeat for the first time in their team. franchise history last year. Um, had a kind of an odd, weird off season. Um, so they got Jack Eichel in the mix again this year. Mm-hmm. Um So, we'll have to wait and see what they can do. They don't have Robin Leonard anymore. They're going with the Mm -hmm. young goaltender, Logan Thompson, who I think has got a bright future. He's a decent young goaltender. Yeah. But I don't know about the Golden Knights. I don't
1: know. Seems to be holding his own right now.
2: So, I would liken this game to uh, somebody crashing a bass boat into a strip club with (laughs) all the – with, with all the glitter and shiny chromeness going on in this game, it, it's.
1: Oh
2: That's um, the most.
1: You're a crazy man. I there's, up,
2: there yeah. is way too much glitter. If there's anything that rednecks love, it is glitter. If it's you've LA, ever seen a bass boat, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. Kyle,
0: it's LA versus Las
1: Vegas. What did you expect? Of course, you're going to see a bunch of glitter. It's glitter and chrome. It's it's exactly he, – he he nailed it. He, he said exactly <laughs> what it is. He's he's not wrong.
2: We're going to well, just start <laughs> calling them the Las Vegas stripper glitters. And it's –
0: <laughs> I, I love your breaking analysis of this game. And you know what? You're not going to get it anywhere else, folks. Those,
1: those, <laughs> those are their home jerseys, too. Yeah, they're going to wear them all year long. They're going to wear those all, all year, so – the Lots
2: the, of- the gunmetal jerseys they had were so nice. They were. I love those sweaters. Yep. This is yep. so bad. It's like the mustard cat. That- <coughs> <coughs>
1: Ugh. Ugh. Just. I don't yes. Anyone hear that? And then All to right. top everything off, Los Angeles is wearing the chrome helmets. Yeah, they look like robots too.
0: We already robots. talked about we, we already talked about what's going wrong wrong with the NFL. We kind of did that at the beginning of the episode. But one more thing I want to bring up, guys, that I forgot to mention. Did you guys see where they uh, polled a bunch of NHL players on who they think is going to win the Stanley Cup this year? No. They had they, could, they couldn't pick their own team, obviously. No, right. Did you, it came from NHL.com. I came across it. Shocker of the century, they picked the Colorado Avalanche. Of but course. not everyone did. They polled 50 players by NHL.com. Um, and some of them actually revealed who they picked. And so I'm going to share some of these players. Uh, Connor McDavid. Um, let's see. He's like, I'm gonna win it. <laughs> uh, by Connor myself. McDavid, Connor McDavid took the avalanche, of course. Cal McCarr picked the lightning. I mean, come on now. What? No one picked the Predators, by the way. No, no big surprise there. Um, so yeah. Everyone picks the Avalanche. I guess we have to agree with that, right? I guess the whole world's picking the Avalanche except for me. Um, I'm picking the hurricanes. Like
1: it. Wait
0: a minute. We all picked the Avalanche to lose, right, in our predictions? I did. I think we did. Yeah, I think you – who picked the Rangers? Kyle picked the Rangers. I picked yeah. the Rangers. I picked the Who'd Maple you, Leafs. You picked the Maple Leafs. I picked the Hurricanes. So, we're all picking the Avalanche to
2: lose yep. in the Cup. I think yep. they've but, lost a lot more than they've picked up.
0: Hmm. So, five of these 50 players picked the Tampa Bay Lightning. The Flames and the Hurricanes each received three votes. The Panthers and the Rangers each received two votes. Two players to got declined to give an answer. Okay. Hmm. And then um, one chose the Toronto Maple Leafs.
1: Well, there you go. I just found it oh. kind
0: of a very interesting article. I just um, saw a glimpse
1: of uh, Victor Arvidsson playing. Oh, I
0: missed that dude. Missed that, that dude so much,
1: and then they showed uh, Phil Kessel playing in his nine hundred and eighty third game. So good for him. Go. Yep. Also, John Bucci-Gross of
0: ESPN, one of my favorite NHL all time guys, um, put out his Western Conference playoff predictions. He did pick the Predators to make the playoffs. Guess who he didn't pick? He didn't. He left out the St. Louis Blues, and so I he's my it, new favorite. I saw and that. It, I saw you tweet that out. Yeah. That's like the Step Brothers meme where it's like, did we just become best friends? There
2: you go. I think Bucci had a Nashville either second or third in his predictions too. Uh right in behind a, uh I think you're saying yeah, Minnesota. You're, there, are, there are some people on there
0: uh, out there who are starting to jump on the Nashville bandwagon a little bit, hey, which I mean they they're they're starting to recognize these offseason moves we made. I just hope that we take care of business
1: and we don't blow it Yeah, in. Yeah. After the season they had last year, and then you get Brian McDonough and you know Nino Niederreiter, I and mean, somebody needs to pay attention. For sure.
0: Yep. So it's been a fun episode, everybody. We appreciate you joining us. It has been 150 episodes. It's been a lot of fun. I love... You guys, I love all of our listeners. This has just always been a blast. Right. And hopefully, here's to 150 more, we'll see what happens. But we are in for a really fun season of National Predators hockey. So hit subscribe down below on our YouTube channel and follow us on Twitter at Catfish Ice. Tweet us personally if you'd like to talk Predators at kperk86 at rich underscore pow underscore nine and at chad underscore minton we love to talk hockey with all of y'all we appreciate it a lot take care everybody have a great week we'll see you later on this week for a brand new episode take care have a good
2: one